Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bigly and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bigly and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, Valley sports fans. What is everybody doing? Welcome to Bickley and Murata Mornings, the ruthless variety. Sarah Cazell back with us today. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Oh, I am. Where you been, Sarah? In my home. There you go. At at the couch, on the couch specifically. Uh, At Cazell Castle. At at Kazam Castle, yes. I didn't do a thing. Did you have a day I, where I, you I've did never not... heard that before. I like that. The Kazam, that, that's a good yes. hybrid. I oh, yes. like that. Shout out our friend Kira who came good. up with that. Yeah. I like that. Yes. <laughs> did you have a day where you did not get out of your pajamas at all? I would say I had a few of those days. Oh, those are good days. Yes. Good Especially days. when they include alcohol. Oh, my favorite is when you feel like, oh, I'm going to be really productive. I'm going to shower. I get out of my nighttime pajamas and into my daytime pajamas. So I'm I'm still in fresh clothes, but still pajamas. And then it's raining. So, I mean, you really aren't expected to, to do any. Obviously. Yeah, yeah exactly. Couch. Right. I mean, that is Tim Ring, by the way. And there is Jared Carlin. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Before we get started today, uh, I saw a bit of incredibly great news. Did you know in the month of December we had an exodus of umpires in Major League Baseball? No. Ten of them have I, retired. Ten of them? I did not see that. Okay. I hope it's the right Angel Hernandez. <laughs> no, no, including seven crew chiefs. Ten umpires deciding this year, see ya. Now, this might be a coincidence or this might be sort of like a heads up that, you know, the umpots are coming. Oh, no. I don't know. I mean, ten all of a sudden, ten umpires? I was so disappointed when I heard about, you know, I was very excited originally about the umpires, the robot umpires. Mm-hmm. And then I heard it's just going to be like, you know, some digital thing. I thought it was literally what, what going to be. What does it have to be? Do you need, do you need something like from yeah, yeah, the Terminator, yeah. RoboCop? <laughs> I, I was thinking it was going to be like. Need? That would what make a, it fun. Like an like a, like umpire is going to. Yeah, right. Play balls. Deep as absorb. I'm guessing they were all offered a very Zips sweet absorbed. and lucrative really? uh, early buyout no. option. Well, listen, no. So, no? I don't know. Baseball's got a pitch timer coming in this year, and things are going to get heated. You know what I mean? I was talking about are already the- giving pitchers hand massages, as we saw last year <laughs> with Madison Bumgarner and that weirdness. See, see a robot do that. Yeah, right. Exactly. So anyways, I think I thought that was interesting. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing if I care about baseball again. I was yes. talking to my, my dad, Jackie the Jet, uh-huh. and he's a huge baseball fan. And we're saying how this is this year is the biggest sweeping changes, uh-huh. maybe ever, uh-huh. they, at least since they lowered the mound all those years ago. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, or, yeah, and, I, and you know the bigger really bases, interested. the no shift. Mm-hmm. You can only throw over to first base twice. Uh-huh. The pitch clock. Uh huh. The pitch clock is going to be huge. Mm. All right. Pitch, please. That's all the baseball we're talking today, folks. Start the show, fans. <laughs> The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. All right, we begin today with an update on Damar Hamlin, fallen Bills defensive player in the hospital after having to be resuscitated not once, but twice Monday night. That came out yesterday, once after he reached the hospital. The good news is his breathing is improving, um, so the story's trending in a good direction. Everybody's still waiting to see, you know, where this cat's going to be and how long he went without oxygen and what that's going to mean. And there was a report last night, and again, very little information is trickling out. I mean, if you if you frequent Twitter, obviously you try to glean little bits and pieces here and there. But one thing I read last night, and it was from a credible source, is that he they had to roll him over onto his stomach to help with his breathing and his lungs. And then there was a debate underneath it from medical personnel whether or not that was a good thing or not. So it was very confusing for the layperson right. like us to exactly kind of try to ascertain how well is this young man doing right well, now. That's, yeah. And it's very scary. We're no, still in no, a very There's no doubt about it. There's no critical doubt about time. it. You, you, you think about it, you saw how many medical personnel were surrounding that young man. Now he's also got gear on. So to, to properly, you know, do CPR, you've got to get the shoulder. There, who knows? And then his heart stopped but, again, as you mentioned, yeah. at the hospital as well. Yeah, so. and, and any doctor will tell you when the heart when the heart stops, all bets are off. You don't know what's coming out on the right. other side. Like, is he on life support still? Like, yeah. these are the questions we yeah, don't know, and it makes it very, very yep. scary. So what the NFL has done in lieu of that is they have kind of temporarily, probably permanently shelved the Bills-Bengals game, which I think is a really good idea. It's kind of like a lava rock and Hawaii, you never take one with you. Bad juju. You just kind of, I think you just kind of leave that game where it was left. Um, But they are going to continue with their week 18 schedule as planned this weekend. They are, and I guess any thoughts about that game being played in a a brand newly created week 19 and then everything getting pushed forward from a playoff schedule? I don't think the NFL right now is thinking about doing that. I think they're going to try to get by without that game just being played at all and then let the seeding chips fall where they may. Unfortunately for the league and for football, Big, you're talking about two of the teams that were fighting for the number one seed. So the the football ramifications, while secondary, are certainly a worthy topic going forward. Yeah, we're going to get into this. There's still a lot to talk about in regards to DeMar Hamlin. All right, the Phoenix Suns back in action tonight. They're at the Cleveland Cavaliers at 5 p.m. Jerry, you know what I realized? The Suns are 20-18 and If they lose tonight, if this losing streak continues, we might have to bring back that old benchmark. Are the Suns over 500? <laughs> yeah. Like we used to do for the Diamondbacks. For the Diamondbacks, wouldn't yeah. That be just in, wouldn't that be the height of indignity? They'll be 20 and 19 for the first time since 2019. <laughs> did, you guys see the, uh, did you guys see the NBA take a page out of the NFL playbook? So uh, Donovan Mitchell scores 71 the other mm-hmm. night, and then the entire team got tested for PEDs. Is the that next right? Day. Is that right? Randomly, <laughs> Tim. 
It was random. It was randomly. randomly. This That's is crazy scoring. SJJ Watt, yeah. Exactly. The, Listen. The, score, okay. the individual scoring yes. in the NBA this, this happens season. every year. It happens every year around this time. Players start to flex. One dude has a monstrous game, and then... Yeah, it kind of happens. It kind of spawns. Bro? Yes, it's right. not right. Exactly. And what did Giannis dump in? Like 55, 55 last, last night? <laughs> I saw somebody tweet that there's never been an NBA that had more great individual players and more mediocre teams. Ooh. Wow, that's actually a that's topic. A you could have brought that up about 15 minutes ago, bro. <laughs> no? Expansion. Expansion, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that might be what it is. No, that's yeah. Listen, you've got you've got Luca, who's been nuts all season long. You've got Giannis, who's got three consecutive forty ten games. You've got Kevin Donovan, Donovan Mitchell coming off a seventy burger. You've got Kevin Durant. That old you've guy, got LeBron, with a bunch yeah. of forties in a row. I was gonna say that old guy in LA still looks pretty good. Yeah, and the Suns. What do we got? We got what do we got, Jarrett? Shut up, Jared. Yeah, yeah exactly. Jock Landell. That's what we got, baby. All right, Coyotes fell last night to the Panthers 5-3. to Matthew Kachuk had a hat trick. What else happened in sports? Oh, I don't know if you saw this. The NCAA Transformation Committee released a 40-page report after all those years of investigation. Their main takeaways, they want to expand March Madness. Like the, Wait, no more, their, their main on. takeaway was more no, money, please? Yeah, more money, please. Yeah, exactly. So it, go beyond it, 68? Isn't it? No, it, uh, we're getting we're getting to the point of gigantism. It's just like... Just let everybody in the freaking tournament at that point. I mean, what, there's 330? Just have a big, massive 330 yeah. team tournament. Yeah. All right, we have a lot to get into today from the Suns to Damar Hamlin to the Cardinals. We got all sorts of cool stuff coming your way. Al McCoy, stick around. When we come back, we're going to talk about Damar Hamlin and what it means to the NFL. Going forward, Tim Ring filling in for Vinny. Ruthless back with us today. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The NFL never was going to play this game last night, and it announced today in a memo that Commissioner Goodell sent out to the executives and the head coaches on all 32 teams that this game is not being resumed this week. That was the way it was phrased this week. Now, that doesn't mean they couldn't make it up at some point in time, but it certainly doesn't sound like they will. It doesn't sound like it's good karma to go do that. I think the league understands that, and right now the league is saying for the time being that the Week 18 schedule that was adjusted yesterday stands and those games currently are scheduled to be played. So if we're talking from just a football perspective, which is totally separate than the hopes and prayers that every single person has for DeMar Hamlin, yes, this game from last night is not being played again this week. Yes, the games this week are scheduled to go on and we will see how this all unfolds in the coming days. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Tim Ring in for Vinny. Sarah the Ruthless is back. Um, when we're looking at the football schedule this week, and there's a couple of really important things to remember. Number one, there's the mood of the players in the NFL right now. I think as of yesterday, probably bleeding into today, there might not be a lot of appetite for football among football players because yeah, it, incidents like what we saw with DeMar Hamlin makes football players look the truth right in the face, and that is they are playing a sport that can kill them. And, and that is that's not hyperbole, as we witnessed the other night. And football players get to a point where they where they embrace that valor, where they stare down that kind of fear, and they and they get into sort of a lane, and it's all good. Then something like this happens, and it kind of deflates 
that courage, and it takes a while to get it back. So now you got a weekend of football. It's the last week of football in the NFL. There's not a ton of real meaningful games, but there's some that relate to playoff seedings and that kind of thing. It'll be interesting to see what the sport looks and feels like on Sunday. Or Saturday. And That's Saturday, we, yeah. We Saturday. games on Saturday as well. Uh, given the fact of just what it felt like yesterday, what it feels like today, what it's going to feel like tomorrow. There's a challenge on hand for, I think, all the players to try to, to, try to separate what happened on Monday night and do the job at hand on Sunday. You, uh, you To play this game obviously takes a certain mental and physical level of courage, as you were kind of alert, alluding to there, Dan, and, and they have they have to find a way to summon it because you can't take the field. That's how you get hurt yeah. yourself mm-hmm. uh, when you when you take the field in, in the wrong mindset. Right. Fortunately for the Bills, uh, you know, I'm looking for some silver linings here. A, they don't play Saturday, so they get an extra day. You know, like I know they're not going to play the Bengals game again. They're not going to try to play it this week. But they're still five days away from having to play the New England Patriots. So the Bills players have a lot on their 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 mental and physical plate right now. And, and Sean McDermott's got a, a, a huge oh. job, a huge oh. job on his on well. his uh, on, on his uh, you know agenda this week to try to get his team ready to play and prepared to play a football game. I'm going to assume they they are going to begin their week of practice this week because it is Wednesday. They mm-hmm. had a teammate meeting. I, I read that report uh, on yesterday. Uh, they had a team meeting on yes- yesterday. I read that report uh, this morning. They play the Patriots. Thank goodness that's a home game. They don't have to get on a plane in three days. Um, but that's this is a situation where you, you just wonder about the mindset now of the Bills players more than any other team for obvious reasons. Right. It's going to be it's, it's going to be a very very tough emotional uh, locker room, I think, and in pregame environment. And we'll see how they respond when it comes time to play football on Sunday against the Patriots. There was a there was a hope after this that um, by the time this weekend got here, there'd be some real progress from Demar Hamlin where everybody in the Bills and everybody in the football community would know, okay, this young man is going to live. This young man is going to survive. There is still a lot of a lot of murkiness and a lot of fear. Uh, the update for that, if you don't know, we learned yesterday that DeMar Hamlin was not only resuscitated on the football field, but they had to start his heart again once he got to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. That changes the calculus in my mind a little bit. Uh, the good news is the amount of oxygen he is requiring is getting less and less. So maybe he will begin breathing on his own sometime soon. And if that happens, I think it's going to lift the spirits of football players. But as you pointed out, there's still there's still a lot of uh, peril and fear as to what's coming out on the other side of this. There is still concern surrounding potential lung damage, according to Hamlin's uncle. Now, Hamlin's uncle has been kind of a conduit between what's happening inside the hospital and the media. He's been very gracious with his time, giving a lot of local and national interviews. And one of the things he said is, he goes, I know he's still here and I know he's still fighting. So, yeah, I mean, take take that quote for 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 how you wish. Right. It's not he's going to be great. Thank God he's right. Exactly. I know it's, it's, we're not at that level, and that kind of is still, concerning. Still in the thick of it. Yeah, still in the thick of it. That's a good way of putting it. So, with the Bills scheduled to play the Patriots on Sunday, if Demar Hamlin remains in this current status, we we don't really know. He's still on oxygen, still sedated, still in critical condition. Can the NFL fairly ask the Bills to play on Sunday? It's such a great question. I think the I think the, if the NFL, I think if I know the NFL the way I do, um, 
I, I really do believe that, yes, at one point in time on Monday night, they were looking to restart that game. I think they needed to get all their information and everybody kind of chiming in at the same time to realize that's not smart. I mean, Mike Silver's got all a bunch of sources saying this is this is what happened. These guys were warming up for a reason. Uh, Joe Buck knew that they had a 15-minute call for a reason. So to me, I think the NFL would say, listen – we took that game that that we we suspended and we're taking it off the books. They're going to look at that as enough of a accommodation because at some point in time they're going to say the show has to go on. It's a very fair question. It really is. I I think this too though, not just the Bills. What is this going to mean across the rest of the NFL? There was talk yesterday um, locally among local media that maybe Colt McCoy is going to retire after the season. And maybe if he does retire, maybe he wants to start this game. How many football players saw that incident Monday night and are either going to tap out of this weekend's game or tap out completely? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. I I got to be honest. I I have brought it up here, and I brought it up on on the podcast that I do with uh, with Mike. I, I've been wondering about Colt McCoy's desire to play even prior to to what we saw Monday night, and and I know pe- the immediate reaction is, well, he's got another year on his contract. Well, okay, but he still can walk away, and I I I I, I think. Especially if there's a coaching change, I wonder if Colt McCoy's not 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 thinking about uh, this year being his last. Nonetheless, big the the NFL the NFL could give the Bills an extra day. They can move that game, I guess, logistically, conceivably, to Monday night in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But again, back to Sarah's point: is is Monday really that much of a difference from Sunday? I mean, I guess it's it's well, a day. It's a day. The playoffs I, are coming at the, some point the in time. Playoffs they have are to coming. Fire they, this back up. They have. They have, exactly. And I think you know Mike Silver has all those sources. I you know obviously the NFL it was sitting there in New York and they were trying to make decisions and they for a short period of time were treating this like it was any other injury and they found out real quickly that from the Bills and Bengals players and coaching staff it was not like any other injury even though they did not have all the information on Hamlin perhaps yet coming from the medical mm-hmm. people there and. Even if they told the players to play, I get the feeling the Bills players were, you know, going to thumb their nose at that. And, and yeah. so, a vice versa. Then this week, if they put it, if they sort of say like, "We're putting it in your hands as an organization, as a franchise, as a team," you tell us what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But they got it. But that's what they're saying. They got to play. They got to play that game now. As, I mean, because now, as, yeah. And as Vinny, as Vinny, or as Tim pointed out yesterday, the thing you have to realize here is when we talk about the NFL, maybe seeming callous initially with okay, fifteen minutes, we got to get this thing going. You got to realize, in all fairness, even though I think the NFL can be very cruel and callous, <laughs> I, I, I I do believe that there are just a million concerns that they've got to rectify. There's advertisers. There's there's givebacks. There's all all sorts of stuff. This is a also $17 that. billion dollar a year industry. So the people who are running this thing, there is a lot of stuff that they're thinking about. So That situation also was nearly unprecedented for something exactly like that to happen on the field in real time. I'm sure the NFL was scrambling, not really knowing what to do as well. And yet, and yet they weren't. And yet the NFL's saving grace in this is that they had a medical element attached to this story that jumped into action and saved this young man's life. Oh, thank life. God. When, uh, say you had a problem right now and you fell over. How long would it take for somebody to get to you? How long would it take I'm for you to notice? CPR in that furry face. <laughs> yeah. And I know Sarah ain't getting near you. 
It's hard to give me <laughs> with all the Focus chest with hair. that stick. Right, right, with all that stick. Do chest something. Hair. So, again, and I'm not trying to be uh, flippant about this, right. but this no, is, no, the, you're this absolutely is a right. to the NFL. If this would have happened at his, at his house or something, yeah. you know, even if you call 911, it's probably not enough. Like, to have emergency... People right there on the field. It was tremendous, and, and thank God for think, that. Now think about being JJ Watt and and his wife and, it, and who have a newborn now. And JJ had his heart shocked into rhythm. He's going into his last game, right? Yeah. After this Demar Hamlin thing, you don't think his wife isn't terrified? I mean, this is the, the human element of how this is reverberating across the NFL. These players go home to families who are now going, "I don't want you to play anymore." Mm-hmm. Well, honey, this is all I. Uh, does this, J.J. Watt even play a full game? That's, again, probably not. I, I, if I were him, I'd... Oh, my arm! Right. A little I'd ceremonial. Get, I'd, get a, I'd, get, I'd get a series two, in. Yeah. I'd get a series in. I mean... I'd step out is what I would do. I gotta tell you, when Watt, when Watt retired, I, I, when I announced his retirement, there was a lot of talk about I've done all I could do, a new baby, new priority... From where I sit, I think his he, him going into AFib and having that heart shocked was as big a component in his decision to walk away as the family life, the new baby, the amount of years played. I, I think that was a big deal, and I, I think that was a scare for JJ Watt, especially now that he's a new father and all that and all that stuff. So there's no question. Monday is going to weigh heavily on his mind. All right, there's one Valley team that's got a lot of pride and a lot of dignity on the line tonight. We'll tell you about that next. He's Tim Ring filling in for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Everybody, Dan Bickley, Tim Ring, the Phoenix Suns facing red hot Donovan Mitchell tonight in Cleveland. As Sarah just told you, they're in a bad way. They've lost six of seven. Uh, they seem to be deconstructing. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of anything on this team outside of Devin Booker at the moment. Uh, a whole lot of don't get crazy coming out of the Suns recently. We'll see what you get tonight. There was a, a funny anecdote going into tonight's game. Apparently, Mikhail Bridges has been texting or DMing Donovan. Donovan Mitchell saying, "Bro, don't don't try that stuff with me." Okay, yeah, right. Like, cal- I think his words were, "Calm that bleep down." Well, Mikel will have his hands full. I, That's I, the phrase of the year, isn't uh, it? Right. Yeah, it is. Right. I guess it's a new year now. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm texting Mikel Bridges and saying, "Mikel, try to give us more than ten points tonight." Okay, <gasps> could that be? Uh, okay, Tim Ring. <laughs> Uncalm that bleep down. Yeah, and I, I I'm Mikel Bridges' biggest fan, but you got to score, Mikel. <laughs> Your team needs you. That's I mean that's the biggest disappointment, you know, of the last handful of games is just that nobody has stepped up. Nobody has consistently stepped up with Booker mm-hmm. out. The, the the you know the chance to sort of fill that gap. No, and you ha- you still have DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, and Mikel Bridges. And as we talked about yesterday, I, I I find it very disappointing that it that those three guys at some point here during this recent skid have not just said, "Okay, everybody, get on our shoulders. This triumvirate's going to take us to a victory. We'll get mm-hmm. us out of here with a win. We're on the road. Things aren't going right, but we got this. Yeah, we're good enough to get this. Right? Did you got a you got a max player almost in Chris Paul and a max player in DeAndre Ayton? I mean, that should be good enough to win an NBA. game game now and again mm-hmm. and they've won five of their last 17 games think about that yeah you know i i, I have been thinking about that and I've, I've been kind of tripping about this i i think that um 
I, I think it's kind of easy to explain in some ways. I, th- I think what we're seeing now without Devin Booker is uh, – because there were times last year when Devin Booker missed a short amount of games and the team carried on. They carried on because Chris Paul was still um, an NBA star. I, I don't think – with all due respect to CP3, and I've got massive respect for him, I, I do not think he's an NBA star anymore. I think he's still good, but – that's about the extent of it. And I think he can be a star on occasion, but I don't think he can be a full-time NBA star anymore. And so because also, of that team last year had such mojo. And yeah, and, and so because of because of the Chris Paul um descent. deconstruction, the descent, that's a thank you because of the descent, because of the inconsistency still of the homegrown guys because there hasn't been the internal growth that James Jones promised and then to fold in what Jared just said because they are not connected. Because there is not a common cause, there is not a unity, there is not the fight isn't there every night, and so as a result, you got a basketball team that's getting embarrassed way too frequently for my life. And as you guys were kind of pointing out yesterday, they're asking all these role players to fill in for starters. Well, mm-hmm. that's the thing, you know they've 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 lost their mojo. There, there's something to that. They've lost their confidence right now. Even without Devin Booker last year, Jarrett, you're right. That was a that was a well-oiled machine that could handle a key cog being out for a game or two, mm-hmm. and they did. Now, now you got a team that doesn't really understand where its scoring is coming from on a nightly basis. They don't really yep. have a guy. They don't have a dude mm-hmm. to go out there and consistently mm-hmm. get you. you know, D eight. D.A. sometimes has the numbers, but again, he just doesn't put his team on his shoulders and says, I got this, guys. We're not losing tonight. He just doesn't have that gene. And, Jerry, I I said this yesterday. I think you are 100% right. You know, you just can't put on a Suns jersey and automatically that makes you a a key player in a team that is among the best in basketball. There has been some attrition on the roster, and while all those bench guys do certain things very, very well, how can you not love the effort of a Josh Okoge, right? But collectively, when they go to the bench and you look out there and you're like, okay, it's Ish Wainwright, Josh Akogi, Damian Lee. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like you know, this is this is Mac Biombo, Jack Landell. Like Josh these are guys that can they can get you one or two plays in a game. That's what they're there for is to get mm-hmm. you one or two plays in a game each. Yeah. But, but, when, but when they're counting on them to play twenty five minutes in a game, right? If you if you need Tory Craig to go, you know, five for eight from three point range to win a game, some nights that'll happen. Like Memphis, yeah, one out of every four or five but nights. Most maybe. nights it's mm-hmm. not going to happen because that nothing against Tory Craig. That's not what he does. That's not a strength of his. So you're seeing without without Devin Booker, without Cam Johnson. For a while without campaign and really without Jay Crowder, you're seeing a team down four of their top eight players. A lot of NBA teams would struggle in that situation. Yeah, I know you're right about that. Uh, but at the same time, though, I think what we're looking at is, and we're going to get into the big picture issues about why there are no reinforcements coming. There's a, there's a story and a narrative that, that could make this whole season futile and, and lost already to begin with. And we'll get into that in a bit. But for now, it's incumbent on this team, at least tonight, to come out with some real fight. Wouldn't you think that that would be appropriate? Uh, I would, I would suggest to Monty Williams, 
put Damian Lee back in the starting lineup and and roll with that. So hopefully you don't get down 15, 20 points in the first quarter. The idea of trying to match bigs for bigs is not working. They don't have the requisite talent to do this. And it's again, I've just I've been so up and down with D.A. And it just it's so disappointing that a man with his ability. okay, I, I get that D.A. is this easy, breezy, Bahamian dude who is just chill and he's never going to burn the way we want him to, the way he would need to to become an all-time great, to be an all-star. I get all that. But I also saw this guy raise the level of his play during the postseason two years ago when asked to do so. I saw it. We all saw it. And he ran into Giannis, and it ended, and the Suns lost, and that was the end of that. But I saw him at one point in time be that player. The fact that he can't or won't summon that now when his team needs him so badly, is terrifically disappointing to me. And the passivity in which he plays, the softness in which he plays, is really awful, given the fact that this team needs it so badly. The softness and the style of play that you're talking about becomes glaring, as 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 red-hot as the sun glaring when the stars and the scores yeah. are no longer no there, doubt. and you say, D.A., this is your time. Yeah. Then the passiveness and the non-aggressive nature of his play and the inability to put the team on his shoulders for a game or two is there. But when you have Devin Booker and Chris Paul playing at a high level and Cam Johnson knocking down threes, all of a sudden there's D.A. Mm-hmm. as a third or fourth option, which you don't, you're don't. you paying a lot of money for a third and fourth option. But suddenly D.A., like he did in the playoffs, is part of a cog, as a cog in a wheel that all of a sudden has the numbers and he's helping you win basketball games. And that's when we see the best version of him. When he's asked to be the guy, when mm-hmm. he's asked to be the dude, you just don't get that best well, version or the version no. you need no, for him to do yeah, that. Yeah, listen, and, and so this this far along into his career, and you pointed out a a, 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 put a clip on social media when a guy was on his left hip and all he had to do was turn right, drop step, and go up hard to the rim. And, and he's either got an and one or he's got a dunk or he's got a he's got a strength alpha male play that lifts his team. And, and instead, he does what he always does. He goes the opposite direction away from the basket and a little jump hook. And, and it's like you make it or you don't at that point in time. I don't even care anymore because it's so, it's so soft that it's going to drag down the collective, and it has. And it's and it's not just Da, but Da is the guy that could lift them right now. I, again, I think I think Mikhail Bridges. I, I've recalibrated my viewpoint of what he's going to be. I don't think he's ever going to grow really significantly more than he is now, and that's okay. He's a terrific player. I don't think there's going to be wild offensive growth from him in the future. Same thing for Mikel. If, if he's your fourth or fifth option, that's one hell of a fourth or fifth option. Mm-hmm. He's your defensive stopper. He is your glue guy. He is your he is your cutter to the basket. And yeah, there are days and nights where he'll have 27, and there are going to be days when he has 10 or 12, and that's okay because that's his role. But again, when you need Mikel to be the Batman or the Robin well, in the scoring offense, you're going to have nights where he's just not capable this is of doing it. all potentially a long way of saying... This is why there was so much talk about them needing to get a Kevin Durant player. Mm -hmm. Because they are a very well-constructed team as long as they have their team. When you have to slot everybody up one notch, great point. They're they're just not good enough. They're not. And if, and and if something either there's an injury or if somebody's just having an off night, they don't have 
the players can't step up to the next level each one that they need to. And Jared, you can make the case you're asking guys to step up two slots right now, maybe three slots, given that Chris Paul is Isn't not what he used to be. Is not the alpha scorer that that he used to be. But this is all the talk. This is why they were saying like, do they need someone like Kevin Durant to be? The, the you know the one A guy, so they have two of those guys. They needed Kevin Durant because he's Kevin freaking Durant, and he's one of the best players in the league, and you have a better chance of winning the championship. And any Suns fan that said we don't need Durant it was pure homerism. It's the same same group of people that when Bickley and I said trade Josh Jackson for Kyrie Irving all those years ago, yeah. no, you people no, are idiots. You guys are idiots. Josh Jackson's gonna be great, man. You haven't even seen him play yet. <laughs> But he's going to be great, man. He's going to be great, man. No way am I trading Josh Jackson for Kyrie Irving. <laughs> All right. Kyler Murray has begun his long road back. We'll tell you about that when we come back. Tim Ringan for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I, I've never had one, um, but just talked through um, the other day. So I'm in the training room, just talked through kind of what he'd heard. And we've had some other guys who kind of talked him through the process and what it's going to look like and how it's going to go. And I always, I just told him you're a much better athlete than all those guys. So I expected to be a lot faster recovery. Um, but no, I think he's ready to just get it going and get on the uh, trail to, to rehab. That's the voice of Cliff Kingsbury talking about Kyler Murray, who underwent surgery yesterday in Dallas, used the Cowboys team doctor. A lot of people are like, what? Well, apparently the Cowboys team doctor is pretty good. I would hope all NFL team doctors are pretty good. Right? 32 jobs? Yeah, right. They better be good. Right, they better be good. I mean, I want, is the Cardinals team doctor, is he like offended? You know, is he a little, is he hurt? I, I, yeah. Is he, is he sore? Is he I angry? Think it's, it's a good question, isn't it? Like, hey, what about me, man? Uh, the bigger thing is, is whether or not it, it, because it doesn't sound like, it, well, it's pretty obvious to me that Kyler Murray will not be rehabbing in Arizona. That will probably take place in Texas as well. Whether or not that's a big deal. Is it a big deal that he's not rehabbing with his employers? I would think, okay, here's the way I look at it. Kyler Murray's probably been guilty of some poor study habits, uh, a little too much gaming, maybe not a guy who lives and breathes in his playbook and practicing and, and all that good stuff as much as you would want out of your franchise quarterback. I would think when it comes to rehabbing the knee, Kyler Murray's going to do everything needed to, to get back on the field mm-hmm. as soon as possible because he, at, at, at the core of his existence, is an athlete. And when you can't do that anymore, it's going to yeah. burn inside him to get back. It does, if, if, I'm, if I'm Mike Bidwell, mm-hmm. I'm sending somebody to Dallas. I'm sending a liaison to Dallas. Yeah. I, you got the money? That would be a good idea. I, 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 and I don't know if that, I, I mean, I, I don't know if there are NFL rules that would prohibit that, but just send a guy to Dallas. Find somebody in the organization. Just go there and make sure. Just make sure everything's going the way it's supposed to right. go. Now, the question is: Would would Kyler want that? Would he would he want those eyes on? There's a lot of questions, but I agree. Hey, with, I agree with you. Though. We're paying you. Yeah, listen, thirty million dollars. Yeah, I don't care if you like it or not. You 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 are an employee that is making a lot of money. You've proven in the past to have. Poor study habits, mm-hmm. and I can say that with great certainty because it was in the contract mm-hmm. that he needed to have better study habits. 
I'd, I'd send a guy. Maybe not maybe not for six months, but I'd have a cardinal well, liaison kind of popping back and forth. But also, like, Dallas. what does this mean for his... Because the part of his contract that says he needs to show up for all the various OTAs, off-season yeah. stuff, uh-huh. that's still in there, I, I would assume. That wasn't removed. So, no, like, no, but we're so talking, I know this yeah. is a different situation, but the... Well, he can be back for well, that. Here's, here's, the, here's, here's what we're talking about. Before you play this, it, okay. this is just why it is important. What the, the why of it is because rehab, and I agree with what Tim is saying, that I think Kyler Murray is uniquely suited to be really good, to be a rehab warrior. There are, there are some athletes who are really good at that, who can dive into that challenge and just live in a weight room and fuel themselves every morning. And there's some who just are crushed by rehab. Okay. I think Kyler Murray's perfectly suited for it, but, but it's important to have one of your medical personnel dudes there to kind of understand the day to day, what he's going through, how he's looking, how he's responding, where he's at, rather than a, hey, let's get Kyler on Zoom today. Kyler, how's, you, how's it going? Are you, you doing any knee bends yet? You doing any leg presses yet? And let me He's t- doing any squats? Let me take it a step further. If there's a coaching change, he's going to be. He's going to need to mentally get into the new playbook. Well, that's huge. and so you got it. So so then even more so, mm-hmm. whoever the new quarterback coach is or an offensive quality control guy probably needs to go to Dallas to make sure, not make sure, but to work with Kyler on the new playbook. You know, maybe not mm-hmm. seven days a week, but that's got to be part of his mental prep. In yeah. the afternoon, after the physical rehab, the rehab it was. It, it, listen, we got a new head coach. We got a new playbook. You got to get in it. This is yeah. uh, Cliff's thoughts on the procedure taking place in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, from what I've heard, that guys, you know, regard as one of the top in the in the country, and so uh, all of our guys have that option. Um, uh, so it doesn't make a difference to me. Yeah. And then this is. Uh, if they've determined where Kyler will rehab? Um, no, I, I think we'll have a good plan in place as an organization and, and talk through that and make sure that wherever it's at, um, they'll have the you know, best treatment he can have. He doesn't know. I know. I mean, come on, man. Or does he know when he just doesn't want to tell us? I, I don't know. I, I, at this point, I really don't know. You would think it wouldn't be hard for an NFL coach to come out and say, yes, we'd love to have the guy. Yes, we expect him to be here. Yeah, uh, yeah, or I, yes, I he will. He will rehab in Dallas, yeah. but we will be working with yeah, him every step it. of the way. I, again, it, it's. I'm not sure what that what that is all about. That, that's just a recurring thing. Yeah, you're not helping yourself when you say, "I have no idea what goes on in my organization." Well, right, exactly, Sarah. That's yeah. There is definitely that, and and there is also the fact that you know w- w- when you come out as a head coach and you say, "Well, he's young and he's this and he heals fast." The worst thing the Cardinals can do here is put any expectation on his return because then people perceive that I know what you're saying they perceive that as deadlines they perceive that oh you're not ready yet exactly well you're not working hard enough to get back you obviously don't want to yeah right you don't want to play football you baseball player you oh no you're going to get stupid call of duty comments let's let's be honest yeah so I mean rehabbing his thumbs your thumbs look strong (laughs) So we got to be careful with that. So there's still no announcement about who's playing quarterback this weekend yet. Now, I mentioned at the start of the show, if if and I forget, forgive me, there's just a local Cardinals reporter. I forget who it was threw this out there yesterday uh, that Colt McCoy, this might be his last game. And the thinking is, if this is his last game, would he want to take on this task of playing quarterback against the 49ers, which, as you pointed out yesterday, is a lot more heavy lifting than playing quarterback against the Falcons.
<laughs> I wouldn't want Nick Bosa coming out my blind side. Right. I mean, I got one more game to play. Give me the clipboard. Right. Well, give me the or, baseball hat. Or, or maybe he wants. Or maybe he wants that that game on the way out. Oh, his own little farewell to football. I but, don't know. But again, the priority. The, listen, they're not. I, no matter who's quarterbacking that game, they're, you're not they're winning. Probably, they're not going to win. Yeah. But the priorities of the organization have to be that of the organization, not what Colt McCoy may want on his NFL swung song Sunday. What's funny is like I don't. I see it just the opposite. Colt McCoy is going to go in the next year if he's still with the Cardinals, saying I'm going to be the starting quarterback. For the net, for at least a few games until Kyler gets back, why why would he retire now? Unless he's totally totally beat up and the well, concussion thing is yeah. I mean he's, he's going to be thirty seven when the season starts. Oh no, he's got, and he's the got, dreaded thirty seven. Yeah. We saw what happened to Chris Paul. Oh no, <laughs> right. But what I'm saying is he's been around a lot, and again, it, it's I'm not saying that what what he is dealing with is is attached to Demar Hamlin. But again, these are real conversations that real people have. And he's coming off a concussion, and he's got a family, and he's got his future uh-huh. to think about. And, again, I, I, I throw the addendum in there. If there's a coaching change, A, with the new front office and new coaching staff want Colt McCoy as their stopgap quarterback, and B, going into his 37th year, does Colt McCoy want to learn a new offense himself? Obviously, Kyler's going to learn it. Colt may be like, you know what? That was a good run. Yep, going into Jared, the 38th year. You're, see, you're the problem here. You're the guy that I'm just, the problem? You're the guy that just does not see football players as real people. You just think they're video game. Well, that's not just football players. That's, right. These are so celebrities. Yeah, I know. I know you're paying. No, but that's not that. true. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know what all that means, but tonight's hard knocks, and I guarantee tonight is going to be another celebration of David Blau. Oh, this is going to be full on blow. It's going to be blow. It, it is, it's going to be full on blow. Chick a blow, blow. Well, it's, listen, he was he was a star of the previous. They've got all this footage already in the can. Oh, it's beautiful. It's yeah. Synergy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to think what even else wow. they would show. I mean, I guess it'll be again J.J. Watt because now this is the first. They they mentioned it sort of in passing at the end of the last episode, mm-hmm. but this is going to be now full on. J.J. Watt announced this is his last two games, so they're going to probably focus heavy on J.J. Watt tonight. Plus maybe, he got a sack. Maybe a dose of, of McBride again, because McBride seems to be welcoming to their cameras. And he did finally have a big game. He had a game, and J.J. Watt, I mean, that's, that's, that's hard knocks. Is, you think we're ready for the end of the season? Those poor Hard Knocks guys. They're oh, like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, when is this nightmare over? <laughs> all this, two more all shows. This, all this more great shows. content that we can't use. Right. Is, there, is there anything left aside from, I don't know, every huge news story that they've decided not to cover? Are there any human interest <laughs> stories that you're thinking, oh, I, why haven't they shown such and such yet? <laughs> it feels like they've they've already doubled back on like people like Buddha Baker and J.J. Watt. <laughs> Yeah. DeAndre yeah, they, Hopkins. Yeah, they like run out and they're going back to them. James Connor. Yeah. The the biggest disappointment and it, it may probably for through no fault of HBO and, and Hard Knocks, there was so little on Kyler Murray. Uh-huh. Because he's been hurt almost the entire time that they've had the show. And that was one of the things we were most looking forward to. to see, who is this Kyler Murray, really? He's such a guarded guy. You know, what's his real life like? What's his personal life like? What's his study, study habits like? And th- th- he's almost been not on the show at all. Well, because he, well, he's got a potty mouth, Jarrett. Oh, my. I can't show him that off. <laughs> this is HBO. We can say whatever we want. That's right. I'm not Just sure kidding. the injury is really it, though. My, my uh-huh. only memories of Kyler Murray and Hard Knocks, aside from the game action, 
has been just getting his hamstring massaged. Yeah. On the on the training table. Yeah. That was my my impression yeah. of Kyler Murray's uh, appearance yeah. on Hard Knocks yeah. all season. What, uh, what, talk about falling flat. Mercy. All right, the 7 o'clock hour, we're going to get into a heavy story here. Is the former or soon-to-be former owner of the Phoenix Suns standing in the way of this basketball team? Tim Ring, Dan Bickley, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, Phoenix Suns basketball. As is picked off by Booker, here he comes, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, everybody. Sarah Cazell back with you. And uh, shout out natural gas. Kind of a weird thing to say, but here's why. It's an affordable and sustainable form of energy that really helps make our lives more comfortable. It heats our homes. It heats our buildings. It warms our water. And it even generates nearly half of the electricity that the state of Arizona uses. For over 90 years now, Southwest Gas has been committed to providing customers with that safe and reliable fuel and help to protect the environment while keeping those natural gas bills affordable. It is an awesome companion to other renewable energies out there. Now, by partnering with dairies, landfills, and wastewater treatment facilities, organic waste actually can be transformed into renewable natural gas for use in our home.